experience this morning, man. We had our real estate worship, and uh, the Lord just showed up. And you know, when 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 the Holy Spirit shows up, you say things that not you. This comes out of the Spirit, and it's, it's it's an awesome testimony. Amen. Everybody doing good tonight? Good. Awesome. Well, I'm not going to keep you too long. Please ask me to teach a, teach a message, and it's kind of. Yeah, kind of is. So, um, Carl, you'll follow me and keep up when you can, brother. So I'm going to do my best at this, but let me ask you a question. You've all heard this, this word before, but do you know the definition? Do you know what an apostate is or apostasy or apostatize? You know what this means? Uh, an apostate, that's it. That's the definition. Turning away. An apostate is someone who turns away from the teachings of Christ. He becomes an, or a teacher who has gone off into a demonic denomination. A demonic teaching is an apostate. He's been apostatized. That's a cool, kind of a cool word, you know, apostatized, apostasy. But the true definition of apostasy is a desertion or departure from one's religion. So I guess you can be an apostate from another God as well, but but even the Word of God talks about it. So I want to bring up a couple of verses. Let's read there. If um, Carl, I want to go to First Timothy four, and I was trying to say Timothy, First Carl four. No, <laughs> it was trying to come out that way. First Timothy four one through seven. Let's start there, and I want you guys to. Here's, here's a mic, so don't be afraid to pass it around. I don't want to be the one doing all the talking tonight, all right? Is this, this is kind of a uh, message. But the Holy Spirit, is this 1 through 7? 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 7. Huh? Okay, I got you. But the Holy Spirit distinctly, hey, I'm sorry, give me the, the um, New King James Version. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devil. They just become an apostate. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with an hot iron. Forbidding to marry and, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. So therefore we say, Father, thank you for this food and bless it to my body in Jesus' name. Amen. You ever thought about it that way? So no, you ever heard somebody say, well, the Bible don't tell us to say the blessing. It just did. It just did. So, I want to back up in the beginning of that again, Carl. Now, the Spirit especially says that in the latter times. Now, I, I thought something struck me, um, and, I, and I, don't, I don't mean to keep bringing Brother Siddiqui up, but the last time he came, 
it really, some things he said really pierced me and stuck with me. Stuck with me. Do you remember him saying, we are in the last of the last. You get that? The last of the last. And I started thinking about that, the last of the last. And then I was thinking about this lesson, and I'm going, the last of the last. And then I know what, what is the result of being an apostate and going into this. And then all this comes together, so I'll tie it in a second. It says that in the latter times, they will depart from their faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Now, let me tell you something. I love all people. I love all people that's in sin because I'm called to love them. You are called to love them. Now, we still have to speak the truth with love. We still have to give them, uh, give them a message in love, not in condemnation, which has been preached to so many people who don't want to receive another condemning message because they've been living in it all their life. They've been living in this condemnation, so they just need somebody to love them in truth. But, you know, but as I've gone on just a little further and you see these denominations that would say we are going to accept homosexuality as being accepted by God. Are y'all with me? Denominations, and I'm not going to call their denominations. I'm not doing that. You, you probably know who they are. But they will put and take somebody and ordain them to be the priest or the pastor. Now, you know what this, this body teaches? We have to stand in purity of God or else when we speak, we do what? The homosexual spirit is one of the most nasty demons you can face. It is murderous. Now, with that said, can you vision a pastor that is in that lifestyle spewing that onto his flock? It's a murderous spirit. That's heavy, right? Yeah, so, oh, I'm struggling with this message because it's just heavy. You know what I mean? It's heavy. But it's the truth. It's truth. Yes. I preached in Hinesville three weeks ago. Where's the church? Come on, the church has got to stand up. We don't have to scream at somebody and say, you're going to hell. They've heard enough of that. We go, let me, let me tell you, I love you, brother. Let me pull you close. People have been delivered just by walking in this place. Nobody ever preaching to them about their lifestyle, just the love of Christ going forth. But, but the truth still has to be spoken. In love. Right? Okay. Praise God. Feel that. Now, Carl, go with me now to 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Yeah, just start at the beginning. 
I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Next. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince. Okay, here, here's the truth. Rebuke. This is the truth. Exhort with all, and this is another truth, long-suffering. Because while you're looking down your long spiritual nose at somebody who's in an alternative lifestyle, let's remember that lifestyle when your head was messed up. Right? So don't look down your spiritual nose. Love them. This is the message. This is what's bowling up in my spirit. Love with long suffering and teaching. And teaching. You know, one, one thing that was beautiful about Mark, y'all remember who Mark is? He's the young man that the Lord brought to me and at the conference table two weeks ago sitting there. He knowed, he knowed. Did I just say that? He knew nothing about Jesus. Nothing. He was a Muslim, didn't understand anything, kept hearing a voice saying, something's telling me to become a Christian. You're the only one I know. For an hour and a half, I spent with him, loving him. And I kept saying, and the Holy Spirit kept telling me to ask him, do you think I'm crazy? I asked him four times, do you think I'm crazy? And he finally said something that struck me. And it was so beautiful. He said, no, I see love in your eyes. That was powerful. And I simply asked him at the end, what do you have to lose? And he said, my life is miserable, nothing. Brother, let's pray. And I just simply loved this man. Gave him the sinner's prayer and led him to the Lord. I didn't lead him to Jesus. Jesus led him to Jesus. I was just the instrument. But I gave him the truth. Jesus was the only way to get to God. Then God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That God. Isn't in a sad state of affairs. We've come to, play, come to the place in this country, in this United States of America, we have to clarify who God is. Why? Because we're pushing towards being an apostatized nation. Amen. I don't like this message. Don't. It, 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 I don't. I can't even describe it. Praise God. For a time will come where they will not endure sound. No, listen up. Let's teach tolerance. Have you heard this? Oh, you're not tolerant. And it starts in the political realm. Spiritual wickedness where? High places. It starts in, the polit in politics. Will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires, they 
Because they have itching ears. Itching ears? Tell me something that's going to make me feel good. Tell me something that's going to pump me up, move me, but not change me. Right. Let me tell you something. I had a conversation with my mother today. We've got churches on every corner. I'm telling you, I bet you we could go in any pinpoint place in Savannah and say, give me a three-mile circumference and it would amaze you how many churches are on every corner now. We don't need any more churches. We need the church to rise up and get out, get in the street. I don't want to go to church anymore. She's done that, and she doesn't see anything different in the church. So starting a new one is not going to do any good. Amen? Whew. Well, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires... Their own desires. What did I talk about Saturday night? After sin has pulled them, their own desires, it matures into what? Sin. Full, mature, blown sin. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will bring forth teachers to teach the very same thing that they believe, that they think to indoctrine. If there's anything I've noticed in this country in my lifetime is the slow, persistent, diligent doctrinization from the political realm down over tolerance. It is uncandid. Tom, you're a little older than me. Haven't you experienced that? Don't you see that? Yes. See, now, now, Tom, I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm not picking on you. For your age. You're 63. Okay. okay. All right. Well, well, Daniel's 26. Daniel's not been exposed to what we've been exposed to, and we've seen the decline from morality, and seen that. He's just coming into a to a generation to this is normal to him. So the truth, unless you've been raised with a godly teacher, the truth in this generation is picking up with those teachers. Amen. Is this this is this is this this is tight, right? So this generation is screaming for somebody to be the John the Baptist. Where are the prophets? My God. Where are the prophets that would stand up and say, repent, thus saith the Lord. Because when they get into place and start operating, the power is going to come. In the last days, there's going to be a great falling away, but there's also going to be a great move of God. And if we're in the last of the last of the last days, it's got to be tomorrow. Right? You are so incredibly important. You're Daniel's age. Now you've got the truth. A lot of guys his age don't want to hear me. Why? I'm an old man to him. But, but, 
Oh, he'll hear me. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. If I hit the street with a bunch of 20-year-olds, you know, can God show up and absolutely? Yes. But, you know, but put a 25-year-old in front of him and says, man, I've, I've been living where you live and I've been in this lifestyle. I've stuck the needles in my arm. Come on, man, listen to me. This is wrong. They're going to listen to him quickly. I've never stuck a needle in my arm. Let's say we're taking blood. Praise God. Did I finish that? And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be a turn and turn and be turned aside. You know what the fable is? If you don't like the homosexual, you're a homophobe. Tolerance. Man, I love these guys. I love them. I mean, you know, there was a time in my life when I, you know, the male ego, you know what, all I like to do is knock them upside the head, right? No, no. God, that, 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 the love of God that changes you, causes you to go, come, come, let me tell you the truth, man, I love you. I love this. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be a turned aside to fables. In this generation, a lot of them, most of them, haven't heard the truth. They've heard the fable. A whole generation that has been apostatized. They've turned away from God, not even, not even knowing it. See, if God can... The devil's patient. He's patient. He'll wait. He'll wait on generations. But you, that's us, be watchful in where? Endure what? Do the work of who? What does he do? Come on, what does an evangelist do? Yes. You have the ministry if you're born again with his. I'm there. I'm there. I'll probably give him this so I can put some batteries in. If you are born again, you have the spirit of reconciliation in you. It, you. Just because you don't stand behind a pulpit don't mean that you can't be full of the Holy Spirit, full of God, overflowing till they see the love of God in you and they say, something's different about Kendrick. Something's different about me. What is it that you have that I don't have? Why do I see such joy and peace and prosperity and happiness in you? They want what you've got. Amen? My goodness. I want to read something to you that's in my, that's in my New King James Bible, and it's called Kingdom Dynamics. As most, a lot of you in here have this Bible. And I want to read this because it's, it, it, it really it speaks to me. Godliness and moral purity. The Bible says that it is an abomination for a man to lie with a man as with a woman, or a woman to lie with a woman as with a man. 
The Bible says that because of certain abominations such as homosexual homosexuality, a land will vomit out its inhabitants. Now, I want to take you back to something Gene said. And it so struck me because now we have five Supreme Court justices who now apostatized themselves because they redefined what God set up for marriage was. Now think about this. They said what? Tolerance. All right? The moral decay. Yes. No, I'm not reading in Leviticus. No, it's on page 1551. The Bible says that because of certain abominations such as homosexuality, a lamb will vomit out its inhabitants. And, and I'm sorry, I didn't tell you what Gene said. This was when I went to talk about the Supreme Court. This is, this is what was really cool. He said, it has been, it has been in the atmosphere, but they planted it in the ground. Did anybody remember him saying that? I nearly come off of my seat because when I plant something in the ground, it produces fruit. Do we need to speak the truth? The Apostle Paul called it shameful. The result of being given up by God, vile passions. In the Old Testament, he who practiced these things were removed from the congregation of Israel by execution. We are told in the New Testament that those who practice homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul shows homosexuality as a, listen to this, final order of rebellion against God. I'm telling you this is a murderous spirit. When people exchange the truth of God for a lie and begin to worship the creature instead of the creator, they are given up to evil. When values are turned upside down and moral anarchy appears. Whew. Now, for us that's a little political, think about that. Men burn with lust for other men and women burn for women and they will receive in their own bodies the punishment for their actions. Now listen, here's the last thing. From a biblical standpoint, this is the truth. See, if I was teaching this in some churches, I'd already been asked to stop, hush, and leave. Stop, hush, and leave. Not even drop, stop, drop, and roll. They're going to usher me right to the door and give me the left foot of fellowship. Right. What it was it? Tolerance. From a biblical standpoint, the rise of homosexual homosexuality is a sign that a society is in the last stages of decay. That's powerful. 
That's what I thought. That's what I thought. See, the height of any empire is about 200 years. America has peaked. We've already peaked. And you can see, if you have any spiritual intuity in you at all, and you've been around just a little while, because I can remember, and, and this message is not totally all about the homosexual, it's not. But I can remember when David Wilkerson, anybody know who he is? David Wilkerson wrote in his book and he prophesied that, and this was many, many years ago, 30, 40 years ago, that the homosexuals would march on Washington. And my mother made the statement, she told me this years later, she said, he's crazy. That would never happen in this country. It'd never be accepted. It happened. It happened. Because the whole country has turned away from God. That's it, my feel-good message. I don't like this message. But it's, it's the truth, right? It's because it's what the world is flooded with. It's what's on the radio and all the songs and on the TV. And Satan has been sitting around waiting. And once TV was introduced to everybody, it's coming straight into the homes. And the music is going straight into your minds. And Satan is just using all of it to make everybody think that that's the norm. Well, you know, look at that show and look at that show. And every time you turn on the TV, which... I'm not saying it's just young people, but young people have been raised in front of a TV. We weren't. But young people now are raised in front of the TV. They're raised with cell phones where they can get to anything on the Internet. And it's just being poured into them. And that's all they see. So that is the norm to them. That's what they're supposed to be doing. That's what their friends are doing. That's what everybody's doing is what they think. That is what the world is. And in the scriptures you've been reading just reminded me of this scripture in James 4.4 4, where it says, um, you, unfaithful you are like unfaithful wives having illicit love affairs with the world and, bringing your marriage vow to, and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. So that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, you turn on the TV, you get on Facebook, and that's all you see. And I hear them, and I'm like, you are taking a stand with the world and the way the world thinks right now, but that's not God. Oh, And see, that's where in Romans 12, 2, it says, and be not conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is God's perfect will we can't look at the world I mean we teach this here we can't we you have to ostracize the world to yourself and you know I, I told the the Saturday before I, we went to Hinesville to minister, I was riding down the road right there in, um, in where I, I live in Pooler, and I was looking at the McDonald's, and I was looking at everywhere, and for the first time, I literally felt that I was a stranger, that I didn't belong here. It, it looked familiar, 
but strange. Does that make sense? I can't I can't articulate how it was filled, but it was like it was like, yeah, I know where I am, but I don't belong here. That's the way it felt. And that's the way it needs to feel. Because every time it pulls on you, run. Run, especially now. In these last of the last days, it's going to be so incredibly important what we think, what we say, and what we do. Amen? Cool? All right. Results of apostasy. And this is what we have. Uncleanness, perversion, sex, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, God forbid. These are the results turning from God. Now, what I'm going to read to you now is things that will apostatize the soul. It's the New King James Version. It's page 1551. 1551. It's under Kingdom Dynamics. It just went, when I read it, it just blew me away because it, it just went so well with what I was... Yeah, the, the, this, this particular Bible with these Kingdom Dynamics, Joyce Meyer Bible is great. She breaks it down into an everyday thing. But there's some stuff in here that is awesome. So if you don't have this Bible, I would get it. Yeah, I use both. I go back and forth. All right. Carl, if you're with me, um, would you please go to Romans 1, 19. No, excuse me. Romans 1. 29 through 31, and I want that in the amp, please. Now, these are some things that will apostatize soul. Until they were filled, permeated, and saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, iniquity, grasping and covetous greed, and malice. Y'all know what malice is? What is malice, Kendrick? The intent to hurt somebody, to inflict, to inflict pain on somebody, whether it be mental or physical. They were full of envy, jealousy, murder, strife, deceit, treachery, ill will, and cruel ways. You ever run into somebody that's just cruel? Just not even mean, cruel. There's a difference between being mean and cruel. Absolutely. I have too. Oh, you know, and a lot of a lot of your, you know, they've gone back and done the research. A lot of your serial killers, they start killing cats. Kill animals, specifically cats. I don't know what it is about a cat, but they want to kill a cat. Huh? Yeah. Isn't it amazing how Satan just, he slithers. He just slithers. That's why it's so important that the implanted word be here because it's what saves you. It's what saves the soul. Amen? I like that. They were secret 
backbiters and gossipers, slanderers, hateful to and hating God. Now let me stop right there for a minute. We can see this in the political realm today. Hate God. They always talk about the evangelical vote. Let me tell you, there's a sect in politics today, even, don't, don't think it's just all the liberals, that even in the conservative party, they hate your guts. I'm telling you, it's there. Don't let the party affiliation fool you. It's in both sides because you don't fit their agenda. We can be fiscally conservative, but we're not going to be spiritually conservative. That's, what's the word? I, there's a word I'm thinking of, but I can't, that's square. That's just, that's not cool. Oh, not fashionable. That's the word. That's just not fashionable. Hating God, full of insolence. What's insolence mean? Anybody know what insolence means? Somebody that's just pure rude. Just pure rude. Arrogance. Ever run into somebody just arrogant? I used to be. Not in an overbearing way. I was just arrogant. You better, don't you laugh at me. And boasting. And I love this. Inventors of new forms of evil. In other words, there's people that sit around and they just think and trying to think up something that's evil to do. All circling around in my soul. Something that will pull you away from God. Mm. Disobedient and undutiful to parents. They were they were without understanding, conscienceless and faithless, heartless and loveless and merciless. Listen, that last sentence right there, they were without understanding, conscienceless and faithless, heartless and loveless and merciless. In the Ninth Ward in Chicago, just a few months ago, a gang leader shot a eight-year-old boy in the head and killed him, and it wasn't an accident. It was an executed, well-thought-out plan to get to his dad. Tell me he wasn't all of those. Anybody that can shoot an eight- or nine-year-old child with a nine-millimeter handgun, execute him. That gives me chills. Boy, if there's everything, anything the world needs is love. We need love right now. We truly do need to be Paul McCartney. All you need is love. Amen? I know I've been heavy tonight. Wow. Loveless and merciless. I promise you, Lee would have taught this differently. <laughs> she would have taught this probably differently. This is, this is, the, uh, this is the, um, I guess you would call it the evangelical, the name of this, um, 
Yeah, apostate, depart from, from principles is, is where it is. And there's a whole, there, listen, there could be 10 teachings in, the, in this. 10 different teachings because it goes in and it talks about, it, it could be taught many different ways because it refers back to um, when, the, when the children of Israel were roaming around in the desert and Moses took off on the mountain and, you know, they come in and they built, they built the golden calf. What, what did they do? They apostatized themselves from God. They turned from God and started worshiping a golden idol. All during those times, you know, they murmured, they complained till God had to kill half of them in the desert. Right? Yeah. Eight things that we can tempt God and invite the destroyer. And number one is something you really don't think about a lot. Um, but it's murmuring. If you look up the definition of murmur, it kind of means like a, just a low-tone complaint. Just a low-tone complaint. But that's really what murmuring is. It's just voicing one's disappointment about something. Murmuring. Number two, unbelief. Number three, rebellion. Number four, Provoking God. Number f well, I kind of think Jonah provoked God. Um, I think you can provoke God by staying in intentional sin. If I'm in some kind of intentional sin, especially when you feel the Spirit of God pulling on you and you're going to go in the full hell rebel, and just go, I'm going to do it my way. I think you're provoking God. You know, he says he's going to discipline you three ways. He's going to love you. He's going to chasten you, rebuke you, and then he's going to start discouraging. But we can provoke God. And even in that, he loves you. Mm -hmm. uh, many years ago, when I used to work downtown, I was a restaurant that I used to go to. And there was a lot of... Uh, demonic activity in there. It's very sensitive. So it came a time where the Lord told me not to go and eat there anymore. So I shared that with another Christian person. They said, but, you know, you got authority. Use your authority. You know, you can take authority over that. I said, why would I provoke God when he told me not to go there anymore? It's not that I didn't have the power and the authority over the spirit, but when God said, don't go back there, don't patronize that place anymore, then that's what I should do. Now, I would have been provoking him if I would have kept going there, you know, and then we're, we're in rebellion and we're trying to use our authority and it's not working because, first of all, he said, don't go there. So, and that's with anything else, not just that. You know, we can provoke him. He tells us not to go somewhere or not to do something or even speak. Well, I think, uh, in, back up to the provoking, and disobedience is going to provoke God. Point blank, disobedience. Number six is hardening of the heart. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Number five is backsliding. Number six is hardening of the heart. Number seven is lust. And number eight is adultery, uh, idolatry, idolatry, I-D-O-L-A-T-R-Y. Moving from the church mindset, 
gospel to the inheritance mindset, we enter into the wilderness experience, and there we find these eight ways to tempt God from the tempter, Satan. Israel came into the wilderness of sin, a place of testing before they possessed the inheritance. The wilderness, a desert, a place of lack. So, I guess in bringing this bringing this down to a close here, um, the things that we read is nothing nothing out of the ordinary that we already don't know in this ministry. That, that should be no no big epiphany to anybody here. But be be aware. Be aware of what's going on around you. You know, I've, yes, yes. Especially those who are ordained or going to be ordained. Let me tell you, it comes to a point where you have to do the world like the TV. Click. You know, it, it's hard. It, it it really is it's hard. It's a, it when you truly know you're moving into a kingdom mindset when you start feeling this 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 is a sign when you're entering into really entering into the kingdom way of life. You feel out of place. If you go if you go if you go downtown, I've been in places downtown where I completely felt uncomfortable. I can be away from here for a very length of time and get very uncomfortable. We were going to Myrtle Beach five days, and at the third day, I wanted—I was like, "I want to go home. I want to go home." Go ahead, Robin. Uh, you were talking about feeling out of place. Um, I guess that—that that is a, a move in the right direction because, you know, I went home on vacation with my family and. Uh, it it really is a weird feeling to explain how you can sit at a table with people you've known your whole life and feel like you are out of place. Like I'm here, but I really am a visitor in every sense, you know, because life is just going on. This is, this is going on. They're living their lives. And it's like, wow. Like there were so many things that I had to just catch myself on because it's like, wait a minute, I don't come into agreement with that, you know, and whether it's talking about my son, talking about my finances, talking about anything in my life, you know, it's like, wait a minute, I, I am not going to come into agreement with that because I caught myself speaking negatively about something because I was coming into agreement with somebody in my family about something that they were going to give me. And so I'm speaking negatively in one area to gain something in another area, and it went totally awry. I mean, you see the, you know, the life, life and death is in the power of the tongue, and, it, and you saw it manifest. And it was like, wow, you know, and I had to take a step back and I say, Lord, I trust you, and I'm sorry, you know, because, I mean, it happened, and it happened so quick, and it happened right at the time we were getting ready to leave. You know, and I mean, it was like, wow, I really thank, I really thank God for his redemption because the turnaround happened just as quickly 
as the failure happened, you know, and you know, there was the, the redemption was just amazing, but it's just like, wow, you really do start to understand it really is that serious, you know, even to the fact of even family members, you really do have to do the, you got to cut it off. Well, what happens, and we've all been through this, what happens is the soul is being renewed, okay? We're growing, 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 and the implanted word is in operation. And it's like, and I don't mean to say, to dish anybody, but really you're on a plane here and they're right where you left them. And the plane and the gap between causes you pain, especially with family. The gap between where you are and where they are causes you pain because it's difficult. You understand them, but they don't get you. They don't get you. They don't understand you. I want to read one thing, Robin, and this is this is the Lord just gave me this verse while we were talking, and this is something that you you need to read because of your your office. Go back to Acts four, and you don't have to pull it up, Carl, because I'm I'm ended. But this is this is something that's very important, and this is when they were praying for boldness and being let go. They went to their own companions their own companions and reported all the chief priests and the elders had said to them. See, they were trying to say, stop talking about Jesus, stop preaching Jesus in the synagogue. But this is what's very important. They went all back to their own companions. And that word companion is translated to people of their own like-mindedness. Why? Because y'all family all think like I think. Right? You run into problem when you have somebody that don't think like you think. So birds of a feather, you know, right? I can't, I can't go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why the Lord, the Lord said, hey, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Why? So we could get together and socialize? No. Because we can talk about, hey, I've been through that. You've been through that? Let me edify you on this. Let me exhort you on this. Let me give you some clarification on this. We edify one another. We teach one another. We commiserate with one another because we understand the exact things that one another are going through. Right? Amen. You guys are awesome. It's been a while since I did friendship. There's a whole nother level of revelation that's hitting this place. Everybody ought to be recognizing it. It's coming from everybody. Just pouring. It it, it really did. Go ahead. I like Carrie's microphone. So okay. It's just crazy, like you just you said, um, you're on a plane and you're here, and people are right where you left them. Like that, literally, Carl and I, like that, just gave total peace. And I look back at Carl, and he had this big smile on his face, like it, because we just experienced something very similar, like not even 24 hours ago. That was so on point and on time, and it, 
like that totally makes sense. So this really was good. This this morning was great, and today was just the icing on the cake with the cherry on top. So thank you, Carrie. It's God. I, it's not me. It's Him. Some of y'all can remember when I first stood up, and I, 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 you know, they like they had to give me intravenous fluid because I sweated all the fluid out. Were you here, Teresa? All right. It was a Wednesday night. It was, that, was, that was about six years ago. I, I literally, for the first time I ever spoke, I stood up here. And, you know, I got a message out, but my clothes were soaking wet. I was shaking inside. And then, let me. Wow. Okie dokie. It may it may have been five years ago. It's been it was before way before I was ordained. I've been ordained almost four years now. Four years, four years in December. I'm thinking it was. Oh yeah. But, no. She and I were ordained the same night. So here's the thing for us ordained and those who are going to be ordained. You always want Jesus out here. Not back here. You want him out here. Because, you know, I've had to learn a couple of lessons the hard way. Because I don't want to stand up here and teach in my gift or preach in my gift or exhort in my gift. I want the Holy Spirit and the glory of God speaking through me. Because if not, you'll stand here and look stupid. Yep. But you know what? That's, that's why we call this... The, this is the dressing room. That's why we call it... There's no shame in it now for me. There, you learn. Let me tell you something. There's not a one minister that hasn't ever done it. I, I, I guarantee you. Praise God. Anything else before we close? I don't want to hold y'all long. It's, it's 7 o'clock. Anything else? We all good? Alright, praise God. Lord, we thank you tonight. We give you honor and glory. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, it's your word Implanted word that saves the soul. It pierces the division between the spirit and the soul. Lord, I thank you right now, God, for your grace and your mercy and your long suffering and your patience for us. Lord, translate that so that we may show others that same character. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.